Hi everybody, this is uh, Perry talking to you at uh, 17 minutes after 6 in the morning. It's on my way to work. And I thought I would bring up the art of not giving a fuck. Um, as a teenager, and as probably most teenagers, I had a damn pat, didn't care. But anybody thought I did what I wanted to. And then I still kind of do what I want to. But then I worry about the, what other people think about it. I write. I worry about what other people will say about my writing. I make the podcast. And, you know, ten years ago, five years ago, even a year ago, I wouldn't have dreamt of putting myself out here like this. But there's important things that people need to know and need to learn to understand themselves better. And, you know, I went through this trap of looking online, listening to different people and different gurus, and everybody just wants to sell you something. I'm just here to tell you the truth. Or or the truth as I see it. And, you know, I'm not... I'm open-minded. And if other people have other opinions, they can, you know... And they may even be able to swing... Well, probably not. I was going to say swing me to their point of view, but I'm more the type of person that says, yeah, 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 and then thinks what I'm going to think. Which probably most people are. I don't know. I'm just me. Back to the air not giving a fuck. Anyway. So I got married and had children. And in my 30s, I uh, left the father of my children. Um, there was a lot of reasons. Um, he had violent temper. Um, he was into some things that made him worse. Um, we tried to keep our marriage going other ways. Anyway, in the end, when I left him, I stayed in his community, small community. And because that's where my kids went to school and that's where they wanted to be. That isn't necessarily where I wanted to be, but... I wanted to make other people happy, not myself. So anyway, I stayed there in that small community and for the next two years, I suffered from depression. Almost crippling depression. To the point that I fantasize about suicide and how I do it. And every one of those fantasizes, okay, I'm dead, now who's finding me? Would end with my children, or my parents, finding my body. Well, that I could not do to anyone that loved me, or that I loved. So it probably kept me alive through these dark days. Started reading self-help books that helped me. 
that what really helped me the most was doing something, doing something different. I went back to school. Mind you, I've never used that course since I took it, but that change in the atmosphere and not being in that small community, feeling like everyone was judging me all the time, brought me out of it, like a two to three year long depression that I struggled because I was never a depressed person before this. Or I didn't think I was, you know, I had like everybody else, ups, ups and downs, but nothing that I would consider myself, you know. And there was such, and there still is, such a stigma on mental health. You know, people use that as an excuse to ostracize and make fun of other people, so hey, I had enough qualities to make fun of. I didn't need to give anybody anything else. And back to what other people thought, right? I was so concerned. Because I had taken all the blame of my situation onto myself. Because nobody else would tell Kenny, so it had to be somebody's fault, so I took it. I took it, it's my fault, okay. And so, you know, I'm like that. Whether anything's my fault, I take the blame just to save the argument. And I know that's probably not the wisest ever thing to do, but this, I guess, that's what I do. So I think it's a part of my self-sabotage, right? And everybody has that to some extent. Not Maybe not everybody, millionaires, maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, I... I think of something so wonderful, brilliant idea, I'd think, for like two hours. And then the realization was thinking, like, how can I make this happen? I don't know how to make this happen. And from that high, you get that extreme low. And you have the realization that, oh, you can't do something you want to or you're dreaming of doing and it. so you know it's a that's what but I've learned since I learned about polarity and the realization that everything I do or think or say or everything anybody else does think does or says there's an opposite, unequal reaction. So if you don't like what's going on, stick it out for the opposite. If you're disappointed, stick it out for happiness. For success. Don't accept the negative things you feed yourself and that other people feed you. And stop giving a fuck what anybody else thinks. The only person that matters what they think is you. There's going to be haters and no matter what you do. There's going to be people that ostracize you or have something nasty to say. Don't let them in. Plain and simple. Don't let them in. You have control. 
Yes, I know you have. You know, and when you have a negative thought or something that depresses you, go through your mind, change it, polarize it. Hi, it's Prairie here. It's word magic. I just wanted to express today something that maybe everybody knows about or maybe few know about is sacred geometry and frequency and how it is related. Certain tones create certain patterns of geometry. Perfect, beautiful geometry. Some refer to it as the uh, language of the gods or the universal language. But although beautiful, its meaning and depth have been so misunderstood. It dates back to their earliest alchemicalists, I can't even say it, witchcraft. Um, All ancient crafts that are now chemistry and sciences were connected. Just different modalities remembered in different cultures. If you look at the ring of Saturn on its pole, we have they have a tetrahedron, I think. And there's all this stuff about Metatron's cube. Now I'm not saying people should go start fooling around this stuff because can be dangerous because you can contact entities in other dimensions that aren't always angels or maybe the opposite. Remember polarity we talked about yesterday? Well, there's opposite of everything. So in the beauty of the architecture of the universe of the symmetry to the opposite side of that is a chaos theory. And how uh, the theory of chaos uh, rises out of chaos, well, I heard a theory today that Creation creates, destruction destructs. So in order for creation to create, there has to be destruction. Sounds, sounds, you know, reasonable to me. But all this getting back to the pentagram, Some has six, some have five. The Star of David, I think, is five. The pentagram is six. 
sometimes it's perceived as evil. The only thing that it can is evil is your intentions. You can have beautiful, kind, loving attention, intentions. Oh, you're gonna have evil intentions. Simple as that. If you or an evil could be just selfish. It doesn't mean you know if you're hope to take over the world or anything like that. It just you know you're looking out for number one, and that's what not that isn't what us humans were meant to do. We were meant, we were created originally to love each other to protect each other to lift each other up and then along the way I don't know if it's Anunnaki or some group fucked with our DNA and now we're warring idiots that are destroying our planet but there is hope not every just because you see all the rotten shit on the news and people have treated you rotten lied to you mistreated you doesn't mean that's all there is out there find the goodness in yourself and then look for it in others you'll get there anyway don't know how this will turn out because I'm driving in my car and there's probably lots of car noise so anyway I don't know if this is informative or that's more confusing either way have a great day